Hello, everyone, and welcome into another edition of To The Point Podcast. Hope you guys are all doing well and surviving this latest COVID outbreak here. And tonight, you know, there's a lot of negativity going around. And sometimes I like to talk about all the negative stuff in the world. But we're going to hope to brighten up the spirits and talk about, you know, talk about the Olympics, which are still... Are they going to happen? We don't know, but we got to hope that they're going to and that Canada will be playing for a gold medal. Uh, and for the first time since 2014, NHL players will be at the Olympic Games. And we tonight we're going to talk about the Olympic roster. And I couldn't do that by myself, so I had to bring in a couple experts, a couple good buddies who are invest, just as invested as me about this. And I'll start off by introducing uh, my co-host every Tuesday night. Uh, I'm sure uh, if you recognize him from the Breaking Bad coverage, he's uh, repping Baker Mayfield's jersey of the Cleveland Browns, who unfortunately tested positive with COVID-19 today, unlikely to play this Saturday. But Shay, uh, good to see you as always, and uh, prayers for Baker. Yeah, yeah, tough loss. Uh, I have a fellow Browns fan on the on the podcast with us right now, Juggy. So I thought to pay my view, pay my dues to him. It's uh, it's basically make or break it for the next well, what is it five five six weeks. So yeah. show him a little love and got to uh, got to make sure he he's feeling it. I know he's probably going to see this at some time down here in New Brunswick. So no, I'm 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 excited to uh, do this with you guys. I I I got some combinations that uh, are a little different. Speaking of bad combinations, here's this guy with this mustache. <laughs> I'll, I'll bring him in here. Uh, we, we started we started without you, but we knew you were coming. And uh, but uh, uh, introduce next the owner operator uh, and uh, the hockey the real hockey player here. So we needed we needed somebody that's played really good hockey to comment on this. No offense, Case. No, no. Uh, no, no, no. And uh, Sawyer Hannah, Sawyer, uh, thanks for coming on again. What's up, boys? Uh, sorry for being late. I was having some technical dif- difficulties here, but uh, I'm excited. I was looking forward to this. Um, I had regrets ever since I chose my original team, so this is kind of a chance to make some changes. Yeah, same, same here. And I, uh, I, I included one of one of your favorite guys on my roster, so we'll we'll get to that uh, in, in a minute. Uh, and also here tonight is frequent guest and uh, another Cleveland Brown fan who's probably suffering through uh, the slog of this season, uh, Casey Ward. How are you? Yeah, not too bad, Juggy. Getting uh, getting by, just uh, hanging on by the uh, edge of my seat with the Browns uh, every, every week. So uh, just looking forward to seeing how we can last. Uh, I know me and Seamus are, are uh, hopeful to get into the playoffs, so we'll, uh, we'll see. Yeah, it helps that your division stinks. So don't give up hope yet, even without the roster being uh, Omnicron. Um, so, yeah, Canada, this is such a hard team to pick because I feel like you could pick two teams and they could legitimately compete for a gold medal. But we got to pick one. Hopefully, the like I said at the top, uh, hopefully the team can go with all this COVID uncertainty and everything going on. But I thought we'd start from the net out. And it's really, you know, me and Sawyer, we, we were texting about this today, about how it's really, it's such a, such a weird parallel because in past years, Canada would have goaltenders where their starters are Hall of Famer and the second and third option are also, you know, bound for the Hall of Fame. Luongo, Brodeur, uh, Patrick Waugh. But this year, it's a little different. There's some uncertainty with Carey Price. And after that, it gets pretty thin uh, for Team Canada. 
But um, Sawyer, because we were texting about it today, I thought I'd start with you. Um, if you're Doug Armstrong, the GM of Canada, who is your starter uh, game one of the Olympics? So uh, to me, there's there's just so much up in the air with Price. I mean, Price hasn't played. Obviously, he's the Canadian's best goalie when he's healthy and when he's playing. Um, he's not doing either right now. Um so to me, I, I didn't. I, I had a hard time naming a starter because again, it's contingent on price. It's contingent on if he can come back or you know the shape he's in and, and how he can play when he when he gets back. So to me, it's anybody's net. I think that um, I would take price. Like if I you know if I was the GM, I had to choose my team today. Price's name would be on it. I'd have my fingers crossed that he'd be healthy and and ready to go. And as we mentioned earlier when we were texting, if there's any goalie that can do it, that can come and, and, and play in the Olympics after not really playing much of a season, it's Carey Price. So to me, you know, he's on the list no matter what. Um, you know, there was Binnington, there was uh, Hart. Those guys to me aren't really that proven. Like I, I think I would go with Flurry as my second, you know, assuming Price is, is healthy. I think Flurry's got a lot to prove. I mean, he got kind of ousted in, in Pittsburgh. Uh, Vegas, he got it, you know, kind of short shafted. Uh, I think he's got some things to prove and I think he's a winner. So I, I think he's a goalie that could go on a streak, um, and, and an Olympic run. And then my third was just kind of a toss up. I went with Kemper. Um, but to me, if price is healthy, I think it's going to be price and flurry kind of competing for that net. Yeah. Uh, interesting. Uh, Shay, how about you? I feel pretty similar. Uh, I think if, Price is healthy and he's in the right mindset, which is, you know, a big factor to this. I think um, you got to put him in that. He's he's undoubtedly the best goalie out of all, you know, five names we have. We've just listed. And, you know, I but I've changed my defense based on how weak I think the goalie has been because before I had higher hopes that Price would get off to a hot start. I thought, you know, uh, Philadelphia and Carter Hart would be better. So I really had to change my defense based on how poor i think uh, our tenders are going to be so right now it's price for me i do have carter hart as a second which probably shocks some people but i don't think it's his you know his doing that philadelphia has been so poor this year i think that he's a pretty solid goaltender and if i had a third i'd probably drop bitter and i'd, I'd probably put in uh mark andre because like sawyer says he's got a lot to prove and when he's at the top of his game which I still think he he has some of that juice left. Maybe even if it's half a year, a year, um, I mean he he can he can easily take the net from Pricer if uh, something was right with him. So just to push back before Casey goes, and sure. everybody feel free to jump in with questions throughout this. But why in Carter Hart's NHL career? just on your instinct, why do you feel more confident with him than Marc-Andre Fleury in a big game situation? I just feel like he might have something to prove that, you know, he's obviously this year has been a huge test for him, but you can't really go to him and say, well, you, you know, you've got your best defenseman on his team, Ryan Ellis, out most of the year. And that, that's got to affect his game quite a bit because Ellis does a lot for a goaltender. Mm -hmm. And... Yeah, I, I don't know. Marc-Andre Fleury, maybe it's because Chicago's been so poor this year, but I don't have the same trust as I had him before. And I don't know. I, I, call me a Hart fan, but I just like the way he plays. Okay. No, that's that's uh, it's interesting. Uh, he Yeah, he's definitely – I mean, he was 
at the world junior tournament, he was lauded as the, the next great goalie and definitely hasn't gone according to plan for him. Obviously going to the HL last year, but he's still a young goalie. Maybe he can turn it around in the Olympics as that stepping stone, uh, like a drew Doughty in, in 2010, potentially to turn his career around. Uh, Casey, how, how does your net minding situation, uh, shake out? So I didn't know whether or not to put price in or not, just given uh, the year he's had not playing, being out of the lineup, uh, whatnot. So um, if, if he's good to go, what um, I would definitely consider throwing him in my, as a starter right, right off the hop. Um, his resume speaks for itself, but um, if they can't, if he can't go, I got uh, Cam Talbot, uh, Marc-Andre Fleury and Darcy Kemper as my three goalies. Um, I think between the three of them, I think that's a good competition, good rivalry for uh, who can take the number one spot. Uh, Talbot's been very good so far with um, Minnesota, and um, Kemper's been good with uh, Colorado. So um, I think that's good. two good uh, goalies there. And then uh, Fleury obviously has a lot to prove being uh, ousted in Pittsburgh and uh, Vegas. So I think uh, – if he's on that Olympic team, I think uh, he has a good chance of uh, proving himself. So that's that's uh, that's interesting. Cam Talbot off the board for sure. I mean, I, I oh, knew yeah. I get it against the grain from you, Case. Uh, <laughs> you're kind of like me. I like to to do that occasionally. Uh, but yeah, he's been fantastic since joining Minnesota. He's been one of the more you know under underrated goalies, not talked about that often. Um, yeah, for for me, I. Obviously, if Kerry's playing, I'm going to put him on the team. The only thing we talked about today, Sawyer, was um, if you put him on the team, if you name him on the list and he can't play or something pops up, then you have two goalies. If one gets COVID, then you're really in a bad situation. You're in Beijing with one goalie and maybe you have to like dress an e-bug or something. Uh, you know, you could bring over that guy that uh, – Toronto a couple years ago. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> um, you maybe take, you take a big step. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I would still take that risk because yeah, it's Carrier Price. I mean, he's obviously still one of the best goalies in the world. I would have the flower number two and uh, Jordan Bennington. I, I just, I went with Bennington because I think St. Louis, he's on a good team with St. Louis with a good defense score. No doubt about it. But he's also won a Stanley Cup. He's been in big games where I look at Carter Hart. I, I agree with you, uh, Shay, to a point about Philadelphia. But he's also been a goal machine over the last two years. Uh, he, you know, he can't really, he can't make a big save. I think he lacks confidence. So if CP couldn't go, I would actually uh, throw in Mackenzie Blackwood from the New, New Jersey Devils. Um, I don't expect the third goalie to play. So again, they're just sitting there. They're acting like PK Subban, fourteen. They can hit, hit, go up to the press box, grab a Putin, and check out when the game's over. So, uh, you know, they're not exactly – they have a pretty good seat, but I, I would go with Blackwood just as a – kind of like you, Shea, with Hart. He hasn't proven a lot, but at the same time, uh, you know, a good experience for him and potentially a guy that could be uh, used in uh, 2026. Throw Scott Wedgwood in that mix. He's a he's a big team, big game guy for for Zona. Yeah, I mean he's got got their first three wins uh, coming off waivers, but um, yeah, the goalie situation it's so interesting. And I, another reason I think Bennington will make the team is Doug Armstrong is the general manager, true, and Bennington's true. a starting goalie in St. Louis, and 
We see we saw that one with Marty St. Louis not making the team in Tampa. <laughs> yeah. These players got egos, and I think that's something you know you got to look at heading into this tournament at all positions. What yeah. what I find most discouraging, obviously being a diehard Canadian fan, is like we don't have a standalone starter. I mean, we all just discuss like five six goalies that could be the starter. So to me, yeah. that's not really that promising where years previous, you know, you knew Luongo was your starter a year in advance. You knew Broder, you knew Patrick Waugh, you knew, you know, Belfair, uh, Belfour was like a spare part on one of those teams. And it's just like, we don't have that standalone, you know, with price being unhealthy, we don't have that standalone number one. So um, to me, it's a little discouraging as a, as a Canadian fan. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's, I'm worried about it because I look at the Russians they got two of the top five best goalies in the world right now. I mean, goalie Bob has dipped, but this year he's been unbelievable in Florida, and they're a pretty damn good team down there. Uh, you know, Markstrom's got, I think, six shutouts this season for Calgary. Uh, you, you go across the league. They're just better. Teams are better suited in net than Canada. And uh, maybe we should stop, you know, developing forwards and get a damn goalie prospect. But that's another. that's for another podcast. The back end, um, I think this is a, a strength. I mean, the forwards are great, but I think this is a strength position for Canada as we, as we pivot. And Sawyer, you being a defenseman, um, I'm interested to hear your take on how kind of how you would put this team together based on a, a bunch of different skill sets. So kind of run through your, def, uh, your defense core for Team Canada. Yeah, sure. Um, just kind of doing a little bit of research today, I, I landed on the American – on the Americans defense. And I was blown away and can comparing apples to apples. I think the Americans, their defense is two or three notches better than the Canadians, which, you know, I don't think has ever happened. Canadians have always had great defensive depth. Um, this year, a little, I guess, kind of concerned with that comparison, but again, I mean, we have a world-class defense core and there's probably eight, nine players that are all worthy of kind of making the team. Um, I have my, my boy, uh, Petrangelo. I think he's going to be the best defenseman on the team. I think he's going to be the horse or probably assistant captain. Um, I think he's going to be kind of the go-to guy, penalty kill, power play, last minute of the game. Um, and then I got, uh, his teammate, uh, Theodore as well. I think they'll probably play in the first pair. Um, the, the next two pairs could be kind of mixed and matched. I have, uh, Kale McCarr and I have, uh, Thomas Shabbat as well. Two young guys, lots of energy. Uh, you know, looking to prove something like you mentioned, Drew Doughty in 2014, he came out just on fire, wanted to prove to the world, you know, how good he was. I think Makar and Shabbat both will have that attitude, especially Makar, um, where he's so uh, dynamic, similar to a young uh, Drew Doughty. Um, and my third pair, I got Ekblad and Doughty. I mean, Ekblad got hurt last year. He was having a really good season. Um, I think he's steady. I think he can play very good defensively. That'll be his role, I think, on this team if he makes it. Um, just somebody reliable that's, that's, you know, can, can make really good plays, but, but, um, is defensively sound. And then I have Drew Doughty, my boy. I, I think he's, you know, he's had a few struggles over the past few years. LA hasn't been that great, but I think he's a gamer. I think he's a guy that rises to the occasion. I think he's pissed off, um, you know, at people doubting him. Um, and I, I also think he's one of those players that he doesn't go full out all the time. Um, you know, he's not in the best sheet in the best shape, you know, in the league, things like that. But I think he's a guy that when he flips that switch and wants to be, he can be the best. Um, uh, maybe not the best on the team, but he can just be a really, really good player. 
So I, so I have him as well slotted in a, a roster spot. And then I got Pelican Nurse as my two spares. Um, you know, Morgan Riley was in the mention. Um, Morrissey I had on my list here six months ago when we did this. Uh, you know, there's a couple other good mentions, but I got uh, Pelican Nurse as my as my spares. You know, it's funny you just said that story about uh, uh, Doughty not being in the best shape, and I completely agree. And I can't believe I'm making this comparison, but Doughty is a, and Phil Kessel are kind of similar <laughs> because <laughs> – Phil is not in the best shape. He doesn't care all the time, but when he yeah. needs to show up, he does. Like That's right. in, yep. in the playoffs, he should have won a con Smythe if they didn't have to gift it to somebody. Uh, and you know, I, 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 I just you saying that that kind of triggered it for me. I'm like, these two are, are similar in, in a certain ways. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I couldn't agree more. And, and what's impressive about both of them is they're very, very good players when they're kind of relaxed playing at 75% throttle, you know? So when they do turn it up to hundred percent, they're, they're that much better. And I think Dowdy, I think he's pissed off. I think he's got it. Like you mentioned ego earlier, he has one. Um, and I think that he's ready to just, you know, kind of prove to everyone that doubted him that, that he is as good as he is. Yeah. And to that point, you look at guys like Crosby, who we know are, are mainstays, you know, a lock to make the team and different elder statesmen across the league. I'm sure Drew Doughty's Drew Doud thinking, why aren't, why aren't I just a shoe in to make this team? You know, look yeah. at his career. He's won one Norris. You could argue he should, should have won at least one more and obviously yeah. two Stanley cups and, and everything else he's accomplished. Uh, Shay defense core. Um, any, what are, what are your big, any changes from Sawyer? And how does your lineup shake out? Pretty similar, to be honest. I got a, a lot, five of the same guys that Sawyer mentioned. Um, one, one, of, one of those guys being Aaron Ekblad. Uh, like, like Sawyer said, he's just steady on the back end, having a great year with Florida. And the biggest thing that's, you know, for, for Doug Armstrong to take away, it's tough to look at a player sometimes on a struggling team and say, okay, well, because this team sucks, well, this guy shouldn't be on this team. And I think the same could be said for Florida, who's – playing really, really good, but does that inflate how you see Aaron Ekblad? You know what I mean? Like, is he the, is he so good because of the team he's playing around? But I still, like I said last time, he was, uh, he was an extra for me when we had this conversation, whatever, whatever it was four or five months ago. So I have no problem putting on the team now beside him. And this is, this is bad. I had to get rid of my boy. My heart and soul, Morgan Riley, just, <laughs> killed, me. just wow. killed me. But like I spoke about earlier, because I have no faith in our goaltenders, I can't put a guy third pairing who's supposed to, or yeah, third pairing who's supposed to kill penalties and be reliable on five on five, who's even I have to admit not not that guy. So I have I have Darnell Nurse on the left side with Ekblad. So that's like that's a steady pairing where I know that they're going to play physical. They're both like six four. And they're they're gonna they're gonna stop the best lines coming from you know Russia, Sweden, USA. Um, but other than that, the same four guys you had up top: um, Doughty, Makar, Petro, and Theodore. I think it's crazy that Makar is twenty three, just turned twenty three, and he's a namesake. Like he's on everybody's list, yeah. no doubt. The guy's got he's a point per game player right now in the NHL. Yeah, his thirteenth goal last night. Like. To me, that is just wild that he he's exploded. He exploded into the playoffs that year, and he really hasn't looked back. Like he, you know, everyone's like, okay, well, he's going to make Team Canada. I'm pretty sure people said that the minute he got on an NHL surface. 
Yeah, good point because yeah, he's he's a rock star. I mean, Colorado to me is still the funnest team to watch in the NHL because they have some just burners on that team. And then Absolutely. look at a guy like Rantanen who should be slow, but he's not. He's like a just a moose that just moves down the ice. And but yeah, I so interesting. So you the only change you have from that is Doughty switching out for uh, from Sawyer's is Doughty switching out for uh, Darnell. Correct. You didn't have Shabbat either, did you, Shay? No, I didn't have Shabbat. So basically, it's Shabbat for for Nurse, I guess. If we were comparing right. lines to lines, because I right. know no one here had Morgan Riley, which was uh, shocking last time we had this conversation. <laughs> uh, but Shabbat would be an extra for sure. I think he, he, you know, he loads minutes in Ottawa. He'd be a guy you could easily slide into the lineup and say, "Hey, like, I don't want you to go out there and do too much. Just play your game, play a natural, you know, five on five, where you're not doing." where you're basically not turning the puck over, which I don't think he does a ton, but there's too many guys on this lineup. You got McCarr and Theodore, mm-hmm. tons of offense coming from those two guys. The rest, I, I'd rather just see them play just smart hockey. They, they, like McCarr can go up and be a fourth forward for all I care, but the other guys I'd rather just play steady, right. not do too much. Yeah, I think with this team, they'll score goals from the back end by osmosis. I mean, Aaron Ekblad will score a goal just, you know, with Travick in front. He's got a great shot from back there. You got Nurse who will jump into the play when need be. And he's also, I agree to your point about, you know, how big he is. Like, he's just a, he's a tough guy to play against because he, he'll cross-check you. And, and I think it also benefits Canada. This is going to be an NHL-sized surface, not Olympic ice. So, I mean that would benefit McCarr, but it also helps a you know maybe a slower defense core, right? Um, Casey, I'm sure you don't have Morgan Riley, but um, <laughs> just to start that off, but how does your defense compare to our the first two gentlemen? Well, uh, I think me and Seamus actually might have the same exact uh, decor. Uh, I went with Petro, uh, Shea Theodore, Darnell Nurse, Kale McCarr, Aaron Eckblad, and Drew Doughty. So. That's my my uh, oh, top six, I guess, so to speak. Um, Petro and Theodore obviously just speak for itself. They they're in Vegas. They're kind of running the show down there. So Nurse, he's a tough son of a bitch in in Edmonton. He gets the job done. Um, hard on the he's he's physical. So I think that's a big thing for for Canada. He's going to wear out the uh, American forwards. He's going to wear out uh, whoever they're playing against. So. Um, him and McCarr together, I think McCarr, he has that offensive upside that um, uh, Nurse will give him that defensive coverage. So I think that's a good combination. And then Aaron Eckblad and uh, Drew Doughty. Um, Drew Doughty, I think, is a, he's definitely not uh, a name that people have like pegged in there. But he, for me, I think he's one of those, like when you look back at like 2010, when Scott Niedermeyer was on the team, he was a, he was a name that was like you knew he was going to be there. And I – for me, I just feel like Drew Doughty is that same type of uh, kind of persona just because of his resume, and he's, he's a two-time Stanley Cup champion. He's a two-time Olympic gold. He's won it all. So I just think that he should be in that conversation. I think he should be there to represent his country uh, like he has in the past. So that's who I have. And then for my extras, I had uh, Dougie Hamilton and uh, Devin Taze from uh, Colorado. Mm-hmm. So a little off the board, I guess, from he's, Taze, he's but he's not bad. Yeah, no, that's a sneaky pick. He's having a really good year, Casey. I, I'm I'm not going to be surprised whatsoever. If, even if he's an extra, if he makes this roster, it's not going to be a shock to me. Like he's playing really well. 
he could be a sneaky extra because he, if you're going to lose a player, he could fit into that bottom pair a lot, say more seamlessly than a high, you know, a high scoring type player, you know, depending if it's like a Shabbat, I think Devin Tays playing a third pair role would do that better than Shabbat just on instinct because that's more of his style. But yeah, I mean, the Islanders had to get rid of him because of basically cap and Colorado picked him up and he's been, He's phenomenal. Like, and yeah. plus, plus he plays with Makar on the same team. So yeah, that's not a bad idea to have him either. Yeah. Part of the reason why I had him uh, kind of pegged in as an extra is if uh, he got the chance to plug in and he could probably play with Makar. So not a bad option. I, I think that's a great point about guys that can go in that bottom line because we talked about maybe Dougie Hamilton was just mentioned and Morgan Riley. Those guys are power play offensive-minded defensemen. Like, can they adapt to a, a, a third-pair role and play defensive shutdown? I don't know, you know, where I feel like a guy like Ekblad can play both ends of the ring perfectly, you know, mm-hmm. uh, Petrangelo, Theodore, those guys. But um, if you're talking about extras, and I think, again, after uh, PK, PK Subban won the Norris but then didn't make the roster, it seemed kind of funky, but it was for that reason. He's, he's, a, he's a quarterback-type defenseman, but he wasn't the quarterback on that roster, so therefore, where does he fit in, you know? In your experience, sir, playing with, like, really good players in the queue or, or just, you know, growing up with, with the Flyers and everything – when a player was playing a prominent role and he had to shift it, did you did you find that players were good at that, or did, does it take like a certain mentality for it, a player to accept that, or kind of run us through de- that? It all depends on the player, and not skill wise, but personality wise. Um, it all depends on the ego and and how important it is that they have the spotlight and don't. I mean, a lot of NHL defensemen, a lot of defensive defensemen, and a lot of you know 10, 15 years ago, a lot of fighters we're all point getters in junior. Right. Mm-hmm. And they, they adapted to those lesser roles. Um, and, you know, at the levels that I played, the, the, the players that were unwilling to adapt, it was a risk because they were either the star of the show, you know, which is usually one in six on a defense core, or they didn't make the team, you know, for those reasons. So to me, um, it just depends on the, the size of the ego and the personality of the player, whether or not they're willing to adapt to that role. And at the time, I don't know if PK was, you know, based right. on the way that he plays. But I feel like the roster we're discussing now, most of those guys are team first type guys that will adapt, um, you know, and just be honored to play on the Olympic team. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I think another reason like a, a guy like uh, Dougie Hamilton might not make it. And this has been talked about him forever, and I don't get why. You know, for instance, going to a museum wouldn't want, put you on a team, but his teammates have said he's a weird guy. And I kind of think the GMs can put that and say, well, I'd rather have a bunch of, you know, people that are like minded than have, you know, kind of the outlier who might kind of make the dressing room a little bit weird. Uh, <laughs> if, he goes, weird <laughs> if he goes, they're guaranteed getting COVID. He's going to be walking around China. He'll be, he'll be doing his thing. He'll get it for sure. And that's just five weeks. That's it. See you later, New Jersey. That's end of the year for them. Yeah, Doug knows. I didn't, I didn't know. I didn't hear that he was weird, but that's interesting because, you know, if it's a bottom type player, fourth liner, third pairing, spare part, why run the risk of, of having a, an awkward dressing room or things mm-hmm. like that? You know, if he's a star, I think it's different. It's almost like the Europeans that come and play in the CHL. The Europeans are all different. They barely speak English. They have different cultural habits, things like that, but they're the best player in your team. So everyone just deals with it, you know, but if it's kind of like a, a, a fourth line player or spare part, maybe you don't want that all, that all ball. 
Yeah, it's, it was talked about in Boston that part of the reason he was traded is because he <laughs> he was weird. Like, he wouldn't want to go out with the boys, and he'd go to museums on, like, Saturday afternoons. <laughs> like I don't know. Yeah, he's just, he's just a smart guy. I don't know. It's his culture, but <gasps> Marshy, Marshy wasn't having it, I guess. Um, <laughs> He'd be so, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I have a very similar. Yeah, I mean, we all have. I'm surprised how similar our defense scores are because I thought for sure Seamus would have Morgan Riley just out of precedent. Uh, but I, I kudos to you for for picking a winning team. Um, but no, no, no offense. He could be on this team, but I don't think he should be. But you know, he's a good player. So I have Petrangelo and Theodore, like everybody here. That's the obvious pair. Uh, they are, you know. They speak for themselves. They're winners. Uh, Petrangelo, I think, is a top three or four defenseman in the NHL right now. Uh, he might not put up the points like some guys, but I take him on my roster any day of the week. I have Makar, and this is my one outlier uh, from like most of you. I don't have Shabbat on my roster. I have Colton Pareko on the second pair from the St. Louis Blues, and there's a couple of reasons. I think he's the perfect guy to play with Makar because Makar, like you, you guys have touched on, and Shay, you said he could basically be a fourth forward, and you know he he could be, but it's great to have a guy that is just gonna stay back. He's not gonna take that unnecessary risk with a with a uh, Makar as, as a defense pair. Pareko's got a big shot. He's back there. He's physical. He but he's really fast skater for for such a big man, and I think he'll be defensively reliable, and he's also st louis blue uh, and that's kind of another little connection i have here bennington's making the team because of that i i do think pareko is making it on merit but it's another reason that i i have him on my roster and then i have drew dowdy and aaron ekblad and aaron ekblad uh, i i don't root for teams uh but i do root for people i'm really happy with aaron ekblad you know a first overall pick a guy that most people saw as a bust and the past year and change you know year and a half He's been one of the best defensemen in the NHL, period. And, you know, I'm just really happy to see him on this roster. But, yeah, my one real kind of outlier from you guys is, is, is Colton Pareko. Yeah. No complaints from me on uh, on that end. I, yeah. I'm pretty sure I had him on my initial roster when we had our first roundtable. So. He reminds me of uh, Mark Edward Vlasic, how he made mm. – you know, he had such a sneaky, successful career – and, uh, you know, he made the Olympic team. A lot of people didn't, you know, him being out West, a lot of people didn't know who he was. He's not a high point getter, but he's so important to a team. And uh, that just you mentioning uh, Pranko, I, I find that, you know, there's a lot of similarities there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they're, they're, they're both not going to take the unnecessary risk. And sometimes that's just nice to have uh, on, on your team. So, yeah, and I had Nurse and Shabbat as my extras, uh, which I think – I think Canada will bring eight defensemen. I think that's how it's going to work. And uh, two extra forwards just with COVID and everything else. So uh, that, you know, that it creates opportunities for guys, even if they're not, you know, there from the, from the hop, if they do go, we know with, with COVID that as of right now, again, things aren't finalized yet, but the Beijing government, basically, if you test positive over there, you're going to have to sit in quarantine for three to five weeks in Beijing. And, that sounds horrible, and I can see why some players wouldn't want to go. But let's have this conversation. Sawyer, so as a player, would you run the risk of potentially you know, getting COVID and having to stay there long term to potentially go for a gold medal, and it might you know, cost you the rest of your season in North America? 
I would just because I'd be so damn grateful to be on that team. I'd be so damn grateful to be, you know, but some of these guys like that have done it, they've won at every level. They've, you know, I can understand and empathize why they wouldn't want to do it. Um, but for someone like me, that would just be so happy to be there. Um, yeah. I mean, I would absolutely run the risk. It's a once in a lifetime type opportunity and situation. But again, you know, some of these guys, Crosby's won at every level and Marchand and all these guys, a lot of these guys have, so it's not quite as special to them maybe. Another thing too, Juggy, like, it's just like you said, if you ruin your season for North America, like the North America, well, look at Jonathan Huberto is on one of the best teams in the league. He's bound to be a part of this Olympic roster. And, you know, he, he's obviously, if he's not the best player on Florida, he's right up there. And uh, there goes, you know, not only his regular season, but his team's regular season, because I can't see them going, you know, much farther without him. Into right, the, yeah. The there's, there's so many, so many possible scenarios. Like I said, Huberto there. What if goalie Bob gets it for Russia? And you got Huberto coming back, and you know, so many things can happen. And I do think another thing is, I think for a single guy, I think it's easier. But for a guy like Alex Petrangelo, he's got four kids under three and a half. I could really see him saying. I can't take the risk of being away from my family for five weeks, like leaving my wife to be out there with four kids. I mean, that's, that's a nightmare scenario, even for a good parent. Uh, and it, I, I, I think it's tough. I think it's a really hard ask, but apparently Crosby has been the one champion wanting to go, you know, he's one like, sort of to your point, he's won everything already, but it just kind of proves how much he, this, this means to him on a personal level. Cause he probably knows this is his last kick at the can to win a gold medal i i think crosby's a, a different example because he's just such a gamer he's the definition of like a hockey robot he wants to be the best at all times the best at every aspect of the game the, and i'm not saying he is the best but that's his ambition mm-hmm. and he um yeah it doesn't surprise me that he would want to go over and win another medal you know be the captain this time you know win you know win another medal and and, and things like that right yeah absolutely but hopefully they can go and hopefully there's some easier restrictions because that's a nightmare scenario, especially being stuck in China, which is not exactly the most, the country that I trust the most to be there for a long period of time with what, what's been going on there recently. That brings us to our forward group, which is so tough to pick through because there are so many great players, a lot of so much talent here, a lot of winners. And so Sawyer, start us off with your your forward list and kind of break down your your lineup combinations and what have you sure so uh earlier i mentioned the american defense corps and how good they looked i feel the same about the canadian forward corps i i think i think the americans have uh, great forwards i think the russians kind of took a bit of a drop but i mean they still got a great forward list but i don't think anybody compares to the canadians if they're all healthy and on their game um when we did this you know five six months ago i basically put the roster of how I would dress players. Like I had McKinnon, for example, as my second line center. I And and this roster is more of what I think that they're going to go with. So I guess there's a bit of a, a difference there. Um, obviously my first line center is Connor McDavid. I got him as my assistant uh, captain as well. Um, I got McKinnon on the right side as a right-handed shot. I think those two will bring speed that, you know, international hockey has never seen. Um, you know, with the bigger ice surface and, 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 you know, the two probably most powerful, fastest, you know, skaters in the world on a line together, I think would just be insane to see. 
And then I got uh, who I feel is the best left winger in the country is Jonathan Huberdeau. Uh, got him on the left for obvious reasons. He's fantastic. And then it's uh, my second line. I got Sid the Kid, our, the captain of our team, um, as that second line center with his international uh, line mates, Marchand on the left and Bergeron on the right. I think Bergeron will probably play a little bit of center, take some face-offs, things like that as well. Um, but that's my second line. They played together for uh, a handful of different times internationally. I think they're great. Good, good. Uh, they got good chemistry. I wouldn't want to break that up. Um, and then I got my third line is, is Braden Point, third line center. Uh, and on the right wing, I got Mitch Marner. And I got Stamkos on, on the left. So Stamkos is, uh, I believe, a right-handed shot in his off wing. I think he's going to be dangerous. He's going to be the shooter on that line. Where Point and Marner are just fantastic passers. And Marner's used to playing with a superstar in, in Matthews and used to setting up, you know, just a pure goal scorer in Matthews. So I think that that'll come really natural um, when working with Stamkos on that third line. My fourth line's a little interchangeable um, with my with specifically one of my spares. I got Sean Couturier at center. He's um, a fantastic two-way guy, team first guy. He's played on the third and fourth line in Philly when he first kind of got started. And as a quiet, just respected teammate, he just kind of kept to himself for a while until he all of a sudden just broke out as, as this two-way horse. Um, so he knows he knows the role of a third or fourth line shutdown guy. I think that's what he's going to be on this team. Um, I got Mark Stone on the right. I think he, he he's a lock on this team. I got him on my fourth line. He can play up and down the lineup, uh, but I think he's going to be more of a shutdown role where he's so good defensively. On the right-hand side, and then the left side uh, on the fourth line was kind of my most interchangeable position. I got Shifley in that spot. Um, I feel like O'Reilly could play in that spot as well, or O'Reilly could kind of, you know, share the the center job with Couturier. So I feel like O'Reilly's going to get some games. You know, I, I think that this roster, there might be an injury or there might be someone might not be playing as well. And I think O'Reilly, as such a winner, you know, he played such an important role with the Stanley Cup run. He's, he's a gamer. He elevates his game when, when things are important. So I think O'Reilly's going to be just chomping at the bit to get in this lineup and make an impact. Um, so I feel like he's kind of interchangeable in that fourth line. And then my other spare would be um, Barzell. I think that Barzell's got superstar status. I don't think he's a superstar compared to the top two lines that I, that I have listed here. Um, but Barzell's also proved that he can play in a defensive team role as he has with, with the Islanders, probably suppressing his, you know, point totals by adapting to that role. But, um, to me, I think that he can, if he has to, so he's my other, uh, he's my other spare. Yeah. Interesting. Couple, a couple, like you said, you changed up your, uh, second line center position, McKinnon moving up. Obviously, uh, you had, I think you had Stamkos on originally, and that, that looks even better now because he's played phenomenal hockey this year, and he's healthy, yeah. which is, which is such, really good to see because he's such a, a great talent. Um, Shay, looking at Sawyer's roster, how does it compare to yours? Uh, eerie similar, actually. Um, some, some minor changes here and there, but guys that are on the same line that weren't originally from what I had, so uh some similar vision i guess with with how we want our teams the only major difference i guess with our uh with our top six would be i changed I, this is this is enough another tough leaf moment for me I, I brought mitch marner off the first line call it maturing or call it you know call it what you want but those two other guys like Hubert and mcdavid they're one of their biggest strengths not only is their speed but like how they can see the ice and how they're going to be set up plays so i thought well Marner's a great playmaker, but he's not a fantastic scorer. 
So I was like, okay, well, I need to put someone who's hot right now and who I know can put the back, uh, put the puck in the back of the net really easily. So I put Stammer up there, and this is this is a big one for me because I me eating my words. I didn't have Stamkos on the Olympic roster the last time we did this, so just shows how little I know uh, about that. But they, he's he stepped up a lot this year. No Kucherov, no point for most of the year, and him, Hedman, and Vasilevsky have really taken that team by storm. Um, so yeah, I, I think he fully deserves to be on the roster now and putting him on the first line would, uh, would be almost a no brainer for, for, for my eyes. Um, I kept, this is the only line I kept intact, I guess, throughout everything was the Nova Scotia line for me, Marchand, McKinnon and Crosby. I want, I like this line a lot because like I said, the last time we did this, these guys practice together in their off seasons. They know each other well. Um, and to your point, Sawyer, Crosby and Merchant, if they played together on the line before, so it's it'd be easy to see them uh, playing again this year. Um, this is uh, where I moved Marner would be on the left wing on the third line. And a lot of people would be like, well, why'd you do that? But I feel like he'd have a better advantage of seeing his two line mates if, if he had the puck looking, I guess, towards his right. And uh, I moved Bergie up to the, the third line. Uh, I think he's just a natural centerman. You know, when you think of elite, two-way centermans, his name's going to pop. He's, he's the first name that pops up. Um, and credit to him, I didn't think he was I didn't think he was going to have enough juice for this year to be elite. Me doubting Boston once again doesn't doesn't help my favor. And then Braden Point. So, yeah, for the Braden Point Bergeron line. I, or, no, you had Bergeron on your second line, didn't you, Sawyer? Yeah, he's my second line right winger. I, you know, I thought he'd share the center job with Crosby in terms of draws and stuff, but I had him on my second line. Right, but you had Point and Marner on your third line, right? Point, Marner, and Stamkos was my third line, yeah. Right, yeah, which makes sense to put Point and Stammer. I guess they, they know each other really well. Um, and finally, uh, call you know this kind of plays into what you said earlier, Juggy, about Doug Armstrong. I got O'Reilly on the fourth line. Um, I just think because he sees them every night, he's going to realize, okay, this guy, this guy can do stuff most people can't in the sense that he's just reliable in almost every – play of the game to be honest um then i got shifley and mark stone on on uh, the rest of my my other one so that's i think that's almost same or maybe off by i don't i don't have katori i did in my original list call it a bad season or i think maybe the other guys deserve to be in there but i, I still have him making it as an extra i just don't have him in my lineup anymore and uh my other guy would probably be Barzell. I'd say Barzell, toss up Bartel, Barzell or JT, because I have to get a leaf in there. Right. Yeah. He's, well, yeah. Tavares having a great season. I think that doesn't, yes. that helps people, you know, when, when it talks about being mentioned, you know, just guys, even like Amajanapani, who's having a really good year, they get thrown into the mix because they're, they're on the radar, so to speak. And they're getting, you know, they're getting asked about the Olympics and things of that nature. Uh, and I like the, the Nova Scotia, the Nova Scotia line's interesting. So would, would you have Crosby playing the wing or McKinnon? That's interesting. And I want to see what your guys, I have Crosby, but what would your guys opinions be? Like, who would you trust more taking your face off slash? I don't think Crosby would play the wing. Mm -hmm. I don't think he's going to accept that. He's headstrong, right? So I think he's he's got too big of an ego. So seeing McKinnon on the wing, I guess just, just makes sense. I think we're going to see between power plays, all those things like McKinnon, McDavid, Crosby, we're going to see them at center on the wings. You know, we're going to see them moving all around. Um, that's how I feel. I mean, this whole team is made up of center. A lot of centers. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, even Mark Stone, who's such a winger because he's so slow, takes a lot of draws. Yeah. So, you know, it, it's so versatile, this team. But, yeah, I agree with you, Sawyer. Sidney Crosby's too – and this, he, it's a good ego to have, but but he would not – I don't think he'd accept that. Like, he'd see that as such a slap in the face. Like, he had to get Chris Kunitz on the last roster. He's not going to yeah. play wing, you know. I, th- I think it's, it's going to shake Crosby up. Just a touch. He won't show it because he sets a professional. But I don't think he's in love with the fact that he is the second line center. Right. Like there's nobody right. on the face of the planet that thinks he's the first line center over McDavid. And I think that that probably you know bothers him deep down. Yeah, he probably wants to have a like he'll want to win, but he'll want to have a better tournament than McDavid. I I think I think he'll be competitive with that. Yeah, yeah. win tournament MVP, and then <laughs> you know just kind of like yeah. I got you, kid. Like you know you haven't you haven't surpassed me yet. Yeah. I, I totally agree with that it's kind of like a jordan kobe situation back in the day uh you know these two uh goliaths going at one another uh I, you know two great rosters so far case i know you're like i said you're against the grain uh we've had different podcasts where you we've all predicted, <laughs> predicted rosters where it was very cheap i don't know if you did similar when it comes to the, the team canada but yeah. how, how does your roster shake up well, uh, pretty it's pretty close to what the Shea and Sawyer got. Um, Huberto right through to uh, Braden Point were all pretty much similar. Um, okay. so our, our top two lines are all the same. Um, me and Sawyer's third line with uh, Stamkos and Point, we got that in the same spot. But I went a little bit off the board with my, th- my third line winger to go with Point and Stamkos. I went with Robert Thomas from St. Louis. He's not bad. <laughs> He's got 20 assists. He's not bad. bad. That's, your <laughs> That's your argument for him to make the team. He's not yeah. bad. <laughs> he, he, hey, just put it like the uh, Jordan. Just put, I'm back. That's uh, He's got 20 apples. I think him and Point uh, working the puck down low to uh, to uh, Stamkos is, uh, is awesome. So that's my that's my third line guy. I know uh, half of Half of everybody just probably stopped listening. So it is what it is. <laughs> did, uh, did St. Louis pay you a little extra cash, Casey, to say that? Did, uh, my no, ar- we- did my argument just become that inflated that you had to put Robert <laughs> Thomas on the, in the lineup? Let me guess your fourth line. We got Revo, we got Wilson, and at center, we got Sean Avery. Yeah. <laughs> we got Dylan Francis from the Hawks. Uh, <laughs> he's a spare. Let's be real. Yeah, no, uh, for sure. He's definitely a spare at best. But, um, no, my fourth line is uh, Mark Stone, Ryan O'Reilly, and John Tavares. Uh, gave my boy Shea some love. I threw some uh, Toronto, I threw a Toronto Maple Leaf in there. Um, he's popping off this year. He's got 31 points so far. So um, he, he's looking good. So especially after getting kneed in the head by uh, by uh, Corey Perry, I think it's good that he's bounced back. It's He's looking good in the regular season. Marvel's back in place, Casey. Yeah. So, I don't know. Maybe they'll perform in the playoffs this year. So. Um, that's the my only concern with uh, with having a leaf on the uh, roster is the playoff format when it comes to the to the, uh, the semifinals and stuff. So it's that's my only shake against them. <laughs> so do but, you have a runner uh, on the roster? No. Really? Interesting. No. Well, you know, mustn't bang him up in practice, so you never know if he's going to be all right going to the Olympics. But for my extras, I got uh, Shifley and. Um, He's also probably not going to be good in uh, any um, qualifier games, but uh, Nazem Kadri, 
Uh, he might, he might, actually, he wow. might actually win someone out of the rink, but um, chop someone's head off. It is what it is. Who knows? Yeah. But he'll be good he, until the playoff starts. Then he'll do a five or six. He'll be suspended in the gold medal. <laughs> yeah, suspended for life internationally. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, that that's a good topic, Casey, because. Kadri's playing the best hockey he's ever played in his life. Yeah. He's got to get a nod at least from some teams. I, I, I do a lot of re- – well, I did a lot of research on, you know, TSN, Sportsnet, who are they predicting on the team. No one's got this guy on there, but he's got like 36 points in like 20 mm-hmm. game, 25, you know, 30 games. Does he and, get a nod? Or I mean, Casey, obviously he made your squad, but for you two, was it even a thought? No. I didn't, me, even, consi- yeah. I didn't even consider him. It wasn't a thought. To me, it's uh, twofold. He takes untimely penalties in the playoffs. But also, I just don't think he's good enough. I think he's having a great season, but I think he's playing well above who he is. Okay. Um, and I think on the Olympic sheet, the, the real players are going to come out. Uh, and I don't think Kadri's one of them. Yeah, it's impressive, though, Shade, to your point. Like, McKinnon was out. Their top two centers are out, and he was lighting it up. And they were still competitive, mainly because of him. They didn't have any – Kemper was on – COVID and then he was injured. So they basically had, you know, the four of us playing net uh, and they were still fine. Uh, scoring seven goals a night, like just finding ways to win. Right. Their decor is still pretty good. <laughs> yeah. M- McCarr, McCarr had a couple goals in there. Kadri uh, yeah. just passing the puck. He went end to end a few times. Yeah. And you know, the argument about Kadri taking stupid penalties, I'm going to have to defend that one when I get to the bottom of my roster. Uh, and I, when I name this player, I generally think he should make the team. And it's not, you know, yes, he does. I don't think he does that many stupid things. I think he's tough, but. Um, I wonder I who that would be. I, I, you can guess who it is. Um, I have a, I have a little bit. I originally I had McKinnon with McDavid. And I still do. But as we've talked, I, I'm thinking I, I would love to have McDavid, Crosby and McKinnon on their own playing center because imagine the defense core imagine defense cores even on the u.s if say crosby's on your third the third line center and you're looking at that coming at you that that's a scary thought i don't think they'll do that but that's just something i've been pondering while we're having this conversation because i think that would be really really deadly and hard to defend but i have huberto mcdavid mckinnon i mean i don't know there's not gonna be a better line in the olympics than that uh you know they're just just a stud line. Originally, I had Crosby, Marshan, Bergeron the first time we did this. I've changed it. I've I've moved Bergeron off that line. I've added Braden Point. And I moved Point to the wing because, like you said, there's so many centers. I think he can take some draws. But he's a guy that I think will work well with Crosby because Crosby's played with Connor Shearer. He's played with Kunitz, Pascal Dupuis. Point has you know more uh, skill than all those guys put together. But he's also a guy that will go to the middle of the paint. He gets to those dirty areas. We saw him in the playoffs last year. He didn't score many highlight real goals, but he had the balls. He had the gumption to get to those areas where a lot of players aren't willing to go. And I just think he's a little bit better player than Bergeron is right now, even though Bergeron is still playing at a very high level. But I think point fits Crosby's kind of his antithesis of who he likes to play with. So I, I added point there. My third line, uh, like you, uh, I think, either Casey or Shea, you guys said you didn't have Stamkos on your list originally. I didn't either. And I'm completely wrong. I'll openly admit that kudos to him for the season he's having. I know Sawyer, you did originally. So I have Stamkos as my, as my third line center playing with uh, Shea's boy, Mitchie Marnes uh, and Patrice Bergeron. 
Uh, and I think Bergeron can take some draws in there uh, defensively. But like you guys have said, Marner passing the puck to Stamkos. And then you have your your retriever, Bergeron, who you know is the oldest guy in this line. But he'll still go in that corner. He'll come out with the puck and act as the uh, you know Zach Hyman you know guy to, to this line, so to speak. My fourth line, I'm sticking with my St. Louis theory. I have O'Reilly as the fourth line center. Like you guys have said, Doug Armstrong sees him playing night in, night out. He's a he's a fantastic player. He's a winner. And so you talked about egos earlier. He he doesn't care. He wants to win. He'll block a shot. He'll play this role. He'll buy in. I have Mark Stone on the right. Again, I, I think he can move up and potentially replace Bergeron by the end of the tournament if things don't go well there. And then my last pick is um, it's my guy. It's Sawyer Sawyer's guy as well. It's Tom Wilson. I mean, I, I, it, to me, I get it. He gets suspended. I get it that he, he does some stupid things. However, nobody can tell me that he's not a really great player. He plays a fantastic role. He's better than a Zach Hyman. He's better than a lot of these guys that I've, I've heard mentioned. I think he fits better than a Couturier. He does play the wing, and he plays penalty kill right now. He plays with Alex Ovechkin, who's having the best start to his career ever. I I just think Tom Wilson brings it a little bit of spice, and those that Russian fourth line from the KHL that all stop his butter are going to be scared to death of Tom Wilson when he jumps over the board. So yeah. that's my one little ingredient that I that I have different from. They'll, from they'll be flying back to the KHL after the first period when they yeah. when they get when they got Wilson uh, for checking them. You know, to your point, Noah, I don't think he'll make it, but I think he's the most fourth line type player. I know he's a first line player in the NHL, but he's the most fourth line type player in the sense that. He will chip pucks. He will dump pucks. He will run you over. He will make you pay. He will bring energy every single shift um, to a team like this. Um, you know, so I, I don't completely disagree, but I don't think that he will make the team. Yeah. If he doesn't, I, I'd throw in Mark Shifley myself. Just uh, I love the guy. But uh, yeah, could you, I, for some reason, and I could be completely wrong, I think one of Tom Wilson, Zach Hyman, or Andrew Machinapani are going to make this team. I think they'll fit that role. They're all kind of against the grain. They're all kind of grit grinders having good years. But for some reason, I just think they're going to make it over a guy like a Churier, even a Shifley. I, I think that role will be fit by one of those three guys and that nobody would have predicted that, you know, six months ago. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. I seen uh, Hyman's name just through my research and it surprised me. But then when I reflect, you know, you look back at the Olympics, like uh, I think it was 2002, they had Mike Pekka and they had Chris Draper and they had guys that weren't 90 point getters, you know, that just really played those roles well. So uh, in that breath, I could see a Hyman sneaking on or, or, you know, a Wilson type player. Um, but it's, I mean, it's really hard. Like Canada's get, like you said, they could have two rosters. So it's really hard. It's like, who do you cut to bring on your Hyman? You know, that's kind of the hard decision they're going to have to make. To boost your point, Juggy, uh, Armstrong really come out and said, this is not going to be an all-star team. He, like he doesn't plan on putting every team's best player. He's going to think this, this team is going to be what he thinks will win and not just what everyone wants to see, which credit for him for coming out and say that I'm sure he took some backlash, but he's probably right. Just like that 2002 uh, team, he, you know, you need to have some stones and do what you believe is right. And if you lose, well, at least, you know, you went down doing what you doing, what you right. felt was the right decision. 
I think another guy that could maybe get some runway, and I think it's an outside chance, but I've heard his name rumored a little bit, and that's Anthony Sorelli from Tampa. Wow. Obviously, Cooper's the head coach, and you know Cooper, I think he gets a say, but obviously he does, Armstrong's the GM. But Sorelli, I mean, he's played on back-to-back Stanley Cup winning teams. Again, he's, to your point, Sawyer, he's not a guy that's going to have to change. He plays on, on a bottom role already. There's Stamkos and Point above him. He's a third-line center that is better than a third-line center, but he could easily be a fourth-line winger slash center on this team, play penalty kill, and do those kind of dirty things to help a team win. And he won, uh, I believe, Jug, correct me if I'm wrong, he scored the game winner in the Memorial Cup, did he not? Yep, overtime, yeah. Yeah, so to me, I mean, clutch guys, those guys are clutch. He won two Stanley Cups. You know, he's already proved, and he's just a young guy, he's already proved that he's a winner. So, you know, I wouldn't be completely shocked, you know, if he snuck on the roster as well. Uh, Shay, I have to ask because you you didn't have Morgan Riley, you didn't have Tavares. Like, why you know your Leafs are flying high? Why aren't these guys on the roster? He grew up. I made, made, made room for Michael Bunting to be on the team, boys. <laughs> no, no, I I I don't know. I I couldn't justify putting Tavares in my lineup. I I really liked my like my bottom. Uh, my bottom three guys, but mm-hmm. yeah, no, him cracking that. And then, like I said, it really just stems from how poorly I think go. Like if we lose this year, it you know that's if we go over and we play and we lose, it's going to be because we're goaltending. I don't think it'll be because of any other reason. I don't. I don't even think it'll be because a team's better than us. I just think solely because we don't have what it takes in net to win to win yeah. games. And that 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 could be a bold statement, but that's why how I feel, anyways. I'm a I'm a Leaf fan as well, and I think what Tavares doing is doing this year is great. But um, he he can't play a third or fourth line role. He's too slow, and he's not. He, that's just not his skill set, and he's not good enough to be on the top six. And that's right. why, as hot as his season is, that's why I left him off. Yeah, no, yeah, that's good. Good point. Yeah, skating, you can only have you can can't have Mark Stone and John Tavares, and I'd rather have Mark Stone in that role. In that role, exactly. Yeah. If we we're yeah. if we were talking about power play or shootout or you know last minute yeah. of a game, maybe it'd be different. But uh, right. you know, third and fourth line. Who do you guys think is the biggest threat to Canada? I think the Americans. I think Vash. I think Vasilevsky can be dangerous and he could win a tournament probably for the Russians. But roster to roster, the Americans have me worried. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel yeah. the same. Yeah, I, I kind of worry about the Russians a little bit, and really? I, I think there's I guess I think there's so little expectations on them, like from the media media driven. But Ovi, we talk about these guys, and the stigma about him being a loser is over because he won a Stanley Cup. I heard forever, oh, he'll never win one. That selfish player. Okay, he won one, and he, now he's he's one point away from being top in the NHL. Like to me, as at the season end today, he's the Hart Trophy winner. Yeah, uh, and I, he wants that just as bad as he wants a Stanley cup. Like he wants to bring that one home to, you know, Shea's homeland and mother Russia. Uh, and it, I, I think, I think he's going to be driven and like, you got a chance of Vasilevsky because we've seen what he's done the past couple of playoffs. Like he gives you a chance night in night out to win. So I, yeah. for some, they're not as talented as they were. I agree for the last couple of years, but maybe it's just, the, the drive of some of these guys to win one. What, yeah. what I love about Ovechkin is he scored how many, what, 600 goals? Mm-hmm. He, he likes scoring goals as much now as he did in his first season, as he did in junior. As he, like he, mm-hmm. 
He loves the game. He plays it. He plays it the right way. He's the ultimate player. He's like a creative player. He'll run you over. He'll score. He'll lead the team. You know, he's he's got such a personality. He's all those things. Um, so I I agree, Jug. I, I think he's a, a real X factor. Um, but when I look at the depth, uh, like I said, the Americans, their decor is so good. They got their goalies are good. I mean, Vasilevsky's fantastic, yes, but Hellebuck's not too far behind. You know what I mean? Like they just they get us and they got the star power of Kane and Matthews and and uh, you know they they get a good team. Yeah, uh, I hate to get political on 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 here, but. What do you guys think if uh, Panarin doesn't make it because of his comments with Putin last year? Yeah, I mean it's it's it sounds silly, but it could like he run he must fund and run the team. Let's be honest, he he'd lace him up if he thought he was good enough. So I, I think Shay, there's a good chance he doesn't make it for that reason. And that's insane. Yeah, but, like he's arguably the three, the third, what third or second best Russian player in the world behind yep. Vasilevsky and Ovi. And yeah. he's not going to make the team like that's that's almost criminal. I, I won't be shocked if he doesn't make it, wow. especially the Russians. Uh, you know, they they do stuff like that. Like we were talking about earlier, Noah, about uh, the World Junior Team. Like mm-hmm. they hold grudges. They don't care. Yeah. They st- they stick to their guys that that are loyal to their programs and and loyal to their country. And if you're not, well, you might be the odd guy out, regardless of how good you are. Yeah, I mean three. Uh, three North Americans were left off the Russian roster today. It's all it's an all KHL team going to the World Juniors uh, this year. Three drafted players that play in North America were not included, and they were all returnee eligible this year, which is doesn't make much sense. But yeah, to your point, Shay, I, I think it, it's probably better if you were you know going to the sports book. I think it's better odds taking the bet that he doesn't make the team than he makes it because he. You know, a couple weeks ago, I, I found this a funny chirp, but Marshan yelling at him, you know, <laughs> everyone in Russia hates you. And then Panarin threw the fit and threw the glove at him. But I mean, he can't go back there right now. He's not welcome back. It's that kind of contentious. He had to fly home to try to get his parents the hell out of there. So, I mean, that's so, that, that could cost him a gold medal that type of stupidity, but I wouldn't put it past me to see them do it. Yeah. It could cost them a gold medal too. Like, hey, hey, hey to play that both ways. If, if he's not on that team, I, mm-hmm. I think he's a big factor in their top six. They're not a depth. They're not a deep team. So it's like losing right. a guy like that really hurts. It's not like Canada. If Canada, you know, Marshan gets hurt tomorrow. Well, there's three other guys that can replace him. where there's not too many guys in Russia that are going to lace him up. You know, you got Bojangles playing on, you know, I don't know, like, the fucking Putin's beer league team, you know, no, like that's, there's nothing going to replace that guy. Another funny little thing about Russia is uh Kovalchuk's still an active player, but he's the GM of the Russian Olympic team. <laughs> I didn't know that. Coach. <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah. He, he's the GM. I don't know how you get that title. Cause uh, he was never that great at, you know, being on a winning team himself, but uh, I, <laughs> he only ever thought of himself. I'm yeah. surprised he thinks of other players. <laughs> right. I think his favorite seasons were in Atlanta. They might've won 10 games a year, but he was ripping it up. I played, <laughs> I played with a, um, I played with, I think it was Conrad Albuchauser, but it was a European player I played with. And they told me that Kovalchuk, it was proven that he had a fake birth certificate for his age. <laughs> Like it, it apparently, and again, it's just a rumor to me because I didn't see it, but apparently, you know, he had a fake birth certificate, which helped him get drafted first overall. And, 
you know, apparently that's like known fact in Europe. I, I don't know, you know, but it's just, it's just funny. The, the things that the Russians do and, and Kovalchuk too, just himself. He's such a character. Yeah. I wouldn't put it past him to do that. Um, the more, you did, know, did, did you guys see, I wanted to bring this up and ask you guys, did you guys see the Kitchener Ranger kid that got in the fight? Uh, it might've been last night or two nights ago and he knocked the guy out cold and he celebrated no, I didn't. No. I didn't see that. No. Okay. So anyway, you'll have to look it up after this pod. I won't go too much into it, but he fought a he fought a kid. I think it was the Owens. I think it was Owen Sound, the captain of the other team. He fought him and knocked him out at center ice, and he celebrated after the fight, and he got suspended for the celebration. Um, how bad yeah. was like, It's gonna be a multi-game. He did like um go, like a go to sleep motion oh, basically. Um, it was quite a knockout, but. The the I again I believe it was the Owen Sound player. He pumped a Kitchener Ranger the game before when this 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 guy who just got suspended was serving a suspension, so he wasn't in the lineup. So this Owen Sound guy went and just pumped one of his teammates. So then the next game, the the, the Kitchener Ranger guy knocked him out and celebrated and got suspended, and he's under a ton of fire for celebrating because it was a it was a dangerous knockout. The guy was out. And he celebrated it, so it's um, you guys will have to check it out anyway. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm curious to see your opinion. I'm watching that now. I'm definitely gonna watch that after this because I, uh, what as a fighter, what's your take on that? When I first seen it, when I first seen him knock him out and celebrate, well, first I seen the caption that he was suspended, and it was a, it was a photo of him going like this. So I said, "Ooh, yikes!" Like that's a tough look. Yeah, I watched the video. It was a great fight. Like it's not like the fights are now wrestling. It was toe to toe fist to face both of them back and forth back and forth back and forth he just popped him knocked him out celebrated i was like ah tough look you got to control your emotions you can't really celebrate you know if you knocked him down celebrate but like the guy was out cold like it looked dangerous so i was like it's a tough look to sally there but then when i did a little bit more research this owen sound guy pumped his teammate like the teammate was kind of helpless and he was pumping him with uppercuts and then skated around the ice yelling at the bench on his way to being kicked out. So there was a bit of pretext there mm-hmm. where, you know, if I was in the same shoes and I got a good one on the guy that just showed up my whole bench the last game, it'd be hard not to show a little bit of celebration. You know, you guys right. will have to watch both fights, watch the first fight, watch the second fight and, and uh, you know, form a, an opinion of your own. Yeah. That not that I, talking to the one guy on this podcast he's probably never laced him up that sounds a little bit like paul like hockey politics to me sawyer in in a way i don't know if there's a guy on the inside of the chl kind of looking into that saying okay well i i like this guy from owen sound or you know i what he did to yeah your teammate shouldn't affect this game but i i don't think that's suspendable i mean that's it's just a guy who's really excited and you know when i played and fought uh you, I, I didn't typically celebrate. It wasn't really my thing, right. but I did it once uh, when I knocked a guy out and I got a 10 for it. And that you was, the penalty. Oh, wow. Okay. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. You get a 10. You back then you would have got a 10 if you celebrated, um, you know, back in the day they used to skate laps and it used to be crazy <laughs> like a zoo, but even now, like, if, or sorry, when I played 10 years ago, now when I played, um, it, you know, you get a 10 and it was penalized. Your coach would be pissed off because you just lost you for 10 minutes. And, you know, but this guy celebrated and he's, he, he's going to serve a multi-game suspension for this. Wow. Yep. Yeah. I think it's pretty crazy that uh, like, you know, Aaron Ashen did it uh, 
you know, in 2011 or 2012, something like that. He did, he slept that uh, rookie, I think Matt Bradley from uh, Washington. Mm-hmm. So he, he did the exact same thing, you know, put the, go to sleep and kind of put the nails in the coffin and, and uh, he was kicked out, but I don't think he served a suspension. And at least I don't remember if he, if he did, but um, pretty It'd crazy the way. Game It'd going. be different if it wasn't as vicious. Like it looked yeah. like the guy could have been hurt. So I think right. that's why it was so bad. Where if it was just like a clean knockdown and the guy kind of gets up and you celebrate, I think it would have been kind of forgotten. Yeah. Right. Um, but I mean, yeah, he, he knocked him out cold. And, uh, but he would have felt real bad if the guy was hurt. That's, oh, yeah. Yeah. you know, yeah, you I never mean, want to do that. I don't care who you are. You don't really want to yeah. hurt somebody. Um, you know, but when your adrenaline's going, like, you know, I don't know if, you guys have been in fights, but when your adrenaline's going, man, you're, you're an animal instinct. You're not thinking straight, you know? So the moments after a fight, after that adrenaline rush, after you won, especially it was such a good fight. It's hard not to just kind of, you know, let your animal instincts take over and, and do something outside of who you are, you know? Yeah. I'm looking forward to watching this now because I want to see, and yeah, we'll, we'll definitely talk about it because that's, that's, that's interesting, but just off first glance, I don't think he should have been suspended, especially with the context of, and I think a lot of suspensions got to be put in context of what did that guy do to your teammate or to you first? Because, you know, it's, it's most times it's a two way street, but um, it was two, it was two leaders as well. It was a captain of a team and an assistant captain of a team, you know? So it was, to me, things must have been really heated and things must have been really boiling over, you know, for that to, for that to happen. Right. So I'm just thinking like back in the day, if somebody had fought uh, Todd Bertuzzi and then celebrated, should they have been suspended after what he did back in the day? Like, I, again, it's different, but I mean, it, a cheap shot for a cheap shot, you're probably going to, you're probably going to one up Todd because of what he did, you know? So yeah, like you said, heat of the heat of the moment, and you know, you you do stuff maybe you're not proud of, but I just off listening to the story, I don't think he should have been suspended. But yeah. um, fun conversation tonight, guys. Uh, always great to have you guys on. Obviously, the Olympics, the team is going to be named on January 10th. So Doug Armstrong, John Cooper have under a month now to to pick the team and get it finalized and ready to go come early February. But as always, such a fun conversation. We'll do this again soon, but uh, I can't thank you guys enough for hopping on with me tonight and talking about Team Canada. Yeah, thanks a lot for having me. Cheers. Well, everybody, thanks for tuning in. Uh, I'll be back soon to chat to you guys about the wild world of sports and uh, everything COVID-related. But until then, stay healthy, and we'll talk soon.